Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello and welcome to the morning Bible study with the day of prayer. Bobby, can you please pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to come together to study your word, Lord. I just thank you for all the hidden knowledge that you have for us throughout these Bible studies and that you continue to give us more knowledge so that way we can continue to grow and be like you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just thank you for everything that you've been doing in our lives, Lord. I just thank you for making our country better, Lord, and giving it people who can continue to apply your will in it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we are continuing our morning study with the book of Colossians. Excuse me. Beginning in verse 19. Um, chapter 1. Chapter verse, 1, verse 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, honey. You're welcome, Dana. So, can I get a volunteer to read that? I'll read it. All right. Go for it, sir. For please the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made a peace, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of Gospel which you heard, which is preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Mm-hmm. Thank you, young man. I appreciate yes. that. Now, let me say this. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit. I want to hear what he has shared with you. And let's also have some fun with this. While it's, I'll say, serious in the, in the aspect of let's revere the Lord, right? Let's give him the reverence to his name. And who he is. But let's also have fun. It's okay to have fun in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Alright? So, what is the Holy Spirit ministering to you? Uh, kind of like how these two, the section titled Reconcili- Reconciled in Christ and the pre Preeminence of Christ, the Lord showing that tied together. Okay. Because I, I believe you mentioned that preeminence, preeminence means the supremacy. Preeminence? Preeminence. It means superiority, yeah. And they are supreme, which those words are kind of interchangeable. Okay, what else did he reveal? So the Lord showed me that, like, it wasn't 
that even though it's the Lord who saves you, you also have to make your own personal choice about reconciling to the Lord. He's not going to grab you by grab you by your arm and shove you into your anointing. You have to choose to come into agreement or alignment with that, absolutely, mm-hmm. and walk in it, and then mm-hmm. remain steadfast, right, faithful, mm-hmm. continuing to walk in what He's given you to walk in. Yes. Yes. Your calling, your anointing, your. All those things, the purpose he has given for your life. Absolutely. Anyone else? Oh, did you have more to say? I had more to say. Excuse me. Continue, (laughs) by all means. And reconcile the meaning. I've looked this up a couple times. Okay. But the meaning of reconciliation is turning around and making... Renouncing? No, not renouncing, but renewing. And restoring? Yes, restoring your relationship with something. Mm -hmm. So the Lord is showing that you can't just go, like, make it fall in your lap. You have to continually keep fixing stuff. Not like that. It's automatic, but when you slip up, you're not just going to go, the oh well. <laughs> okay. okay. But what? You're gonna go. Okay, Lord, I need you to help me fix this mistake that I've made, and actually do what the Lord tells you. Not ask the Lord, then go your own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Good job, sir. Thank you. Is that the end of your thoughts, sweetheart? Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Yes. Okay, Layla. Um, I really like verse twenty-three of um, yeah, First Colossians in the first chapter. There's it, just one Colossians. Oh yeah, in Colossians, Colossians chapter, chapter one. one. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, that says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of which of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Three things. Okay. Very quick. One, um, as I was reading this, there were a couple words in this scripture that the Lord had traded out for my understanding. And it says, well, what he said was, if indeed you continue in my kind of faith, steady and unmovable, and are not deferred from the hope of the truth that you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, it's not just Paul that ministers and I'm not taking away from what he's done. I'm glad he actually wrote these books. But every person that God calls is a minister as well to every creature and that's what we are supposed to be, ambassadors in his name. And um I was thinking yesterday about Moses. Why? I don't know, but when the he went to see the burning bush and the Lord told him to go to the children of Israel and go to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, well, what am I supposed to tell them? 
And the Lord says, to, I am has sent you, has sent me, Moses, in that sense. Mm-hmm. And yesterday we were speaking of the confidence of what we are in Christ, correct? And our his, faith. His preeminence. Yes. And so, like Moses, we can have that same confidence. And when people ask, we can go, I am has sent me to you to help you um, grow and mature in the Lord. Not to go, look at me, I'm so pious and holy. Put on your little, your (laughs) fancy robes, if you will. But it's, I am has sent me to help you. Not me as in I'm so great and I can do all these things with myself, but I'm the vessel that he's chosen to help minister to you. And you can be one too. It's not just the apostles. It's not just um, people that are preachers and pastors and evangelists. Everybody can be a vessel and ambassador of the Lord if they choose him. Like Promise said, he's not going to grab you by the arm and shove you into the anointing or go, oh, you better serve me if you know what's good for you because he's a gentleman. Yes, like was already discussed, we have to choose to come into alignment with the Lord's plan and purpose for our life. That's a willingness, right? Jesus says that in the Gospel of John, where he says, the teaching I give isn't mine, but if anyone's willing, he'll understand the teaching and where it comes from, whether it comes from God or whether I speak from myself. But also with that, if anyone's willing, you'll understand what the Lord is trying to accomplish and wants to accomplish through you. And if we are willing, because we love him, we'll be obedient to what he is asking us to do or say. And if the Lord says something, and we do that, right? We know his word does not come back void, but it accomplishes all he purposes mm-hmm. and plans. Not our own plans, his plans. And whatever the Lord says is enough. He's faithful. He holds his word above his very name. So let's trust that. Let's trust him. What he says, what he does is enough. It will meet our needs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good job. Kyla? Um, For me, I found verse 19 interesting. And it says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth are through the blood of his cross. Wait. On earth are things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. I apologize. It's okay. It reminds me of what we were talking about yesterday, like how we would know what the Lord's will was. It He hasn't made it a secret from us. Of course, you have to look and find out for yourself. But he also said... I forget where it says it, but he says, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. For a slave does not know the comings and goings of his master, but a friend does. I think it's in Romans. It's in the Gospels. John, more than than one of the Gospels, but it's mainly in John. I want to say John 14 or 15. Don't quote me on that, though. John 15, 15. There you go. 
Ah, yes. John chapter 15, verse 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen. And it ties back into Colossians chapter 1, verse 8, 19, because that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to reconcile, and it says that's it pleases him. And so basically he just wants to reconcile and he wants to have a relationship with each of us because it pleases him. Mm -hmm. And not that he gets anything out of it aside from the glory, but he does it because he loves us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we are his children, right? Yes. I don't know any parent that wants to be separated from their children. Any good parent, I'll say it like that. You know, there there are some people that their understanding has been darkened about things and um but he's a good dad. He's a good father. He's the best. He's a good God. <laughs> he is the best, that's right. Um so I don't know any reasonable parent that desires to have um separation or be estranged from their children. And before Jesus came and died on the cross, there was a wall of separation between us and him. And um, as he says, talking about uh, we were enemies in our mind, there was a wall of enmity between us and God because of sin. It kept us from drawing near and being able to experience the fullness of his love for us and our relationship. God is wise, and there's nobody that can defeat him so yes he had ways of moving around that but the ultimate goal is to reconcile the entire heavenly community back to what it was at the beginning before satan interfered and corrupted some of the things right that the whole goal is for god to not only have the people but the place purified as well so like sometimes people like well the bride of christ is the church no the bride of christ is in new jerusalem Mm -hmm. it's it's both what good is a place without her people what are the people without her, their place, right? When Israel was scattered when in the diaspora, the, the many, the multiple diasporas that they experienced, they were separated from their land, from their home, and there was something missing. But the goals, God said he would bring them back at a, at a certain time. He would bring them back into the land, and that was to be celebrated. So that gives us a clue. There are types and shadows that the, what God is asking for and what He's his purpose is, is to purify the heavenly community, right? Because we know the angels yeah. fell when Satan said, I will ascend, I will do this, that, and the other, trying to overthrow God. And he took a third of the angels with him. Where were those angels? Angels, they're part of the heavenly community. So purifying it, but bringing the people, us, spiritual beings, back to our place and our home so that way Jesus will be our light. There will be no sun, no other authorities. It's just going to be him and his glory. God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, us, in glory, no more opportunities for sin. Nothing's going to enter in that's a lie or that's going to hinder or contaminate again the heavenly community, which is both God, his, the, the actual terrain, New Jerusalem, and 
the people that endure, right? Yes. Which is Remain what, faithful. what he says down at the end. Um, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. Which, what is the hope of the gospel? It is for our eternal standing. It's, it's for today as well, but the, the big, big, big picture is being able to stand in his presence and open, open worship free and continually before him, falling down at his feet, you know, smelling Jesus's hair, you know, Lord, you know, I'm coming. <laughs> so, well, it's getting a little ahead, ahead of ourselves where we're at, but in verse 27, it says, um, uh, the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. Having Christ formed in you, being conformed to his image. So you're saying you skipped down just a little bit. I did right skip now. a little okay. ahead, yes. Okay, that's fine. Um, so when when we look and go, God, what is it you want? It's necessary that we start with what is the ultimate and overall goal. Just like if we're if we're going to, you know, be a city planner or a a building, you know, some kind of builder. What do we start with? Do we start with what kind of cabinets we want to put in? Or do we start with what is it that we want to build? What is it that we want to create? So you start with a big picture. God is saying, I want to restore my heavenly community. And and those are the words that God has given me to describe it, to articulate okay. what it is. He calls it um, reconciliation. He calls it, I, I will be your God and you will be my people. When he says that, he's saying, excuse me, I want to put us back in the place that we were together before sin entered in and contaminated. He's bringing us back, not to just what Adam and Eve had. There was a state that was before that. There -hmm. there was a state of conditioning and well-being before that. He wants to make that new again, get rid of the, the corruption and make that new. So when you look at your life, remember, this is what God is doing. Now, once we know the end which is reconciliation, restoration. Now let's work back the finer tune details. We know what we're looking for. Now, what's my part in this plan of God restoring the the heavenly community? What's, What's my part in that? And then you can further and more clearly understand your destiny because while God may say, you know, I want you to go... I, I destined you, I, I've given you the gift of contributing, and I'm going to grant you these these funds, and I need to pour into you a certain amount of funds. If you don't start by looking at the big picture, you'll think, yeah, God, you just wanted me to be rich. Woohoo! But no, he gave you this in light of the plan to restore the heavenly community. What's your role in that? doesn't necessarily mean you have to give everything away or any of those things, but it means you need to be in place to do what God asked you to do. So if God said, I want you to be a physician, Okay, or a computer scientist. Okay. Why? Why? It's never just so you can have this, quote-unquote, prestigious job title that makes it a ton of money. It's Mm -hmm. never the thing with the Lord. Does he want you to have those things as well? Sure. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mind you having it. He put Adam and Eve in a wealthy place. They had all everything, all the natural resources, all the precious metals. Abraham, Joe, countless Mm -hmm. others had tons of I mean, look at Daniel. From being a slave to, yes, you could argue he was still a slave, but he was right up there, the number two person in the whole kingdom. Same mm-hmm. with Jacob, right? Now, now Jacob Joseph. also came for money. Uh, Joseph, Joseph, thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes thank okay. you for You're the welcome. correction. You're welcome, honey. Joseph came for money, but then he was a slave, and then the Lord put him in number then as a number two person of the entire empire. 
and I think that was way more money than he was used to, <laughs> than his dad had. His dad was wealthy, but this was... That's an empire. It yeah, doesn't even pales in comparison. Yeah. So, but all those things were for the Lord's glory. The Lord be glorified, right? Each and every one of the people that we just mentioned and discussed mm-hmm. had to clearly hear and understand what the Lord was speaking to them about their role, their place, why mm-hmm. they were in it, and what mm-hmm. they were supposed to do, not just the mm-hmm. end state, but also along the way. Mm-hmm. It's the walk of faith. He'll give you an end state or a goal many times, but then the how you get there is not for you to go blaze the trail. It's to listen to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit lead you Absolutely. and guide you to the end state. Absolutely. And verse verse 20 specifically speaks to that, The what we were talking about before we uh, segmented over to Joseph, because that, that's still relevant. But it talks about that these are the earth things and the things in heaven, all of them being reconciled. Mm-hmm. So there, there's proof there. I'm not just telling you my my perception. I, I am speaking on what revelation that God gave me, but also this is what his word says right there. That's what, he, that's what he's talking about. He means literally earth and heaven. And mm-hmm. Joseph, like you were saying, at the time when he was going through the situations, because he wasn't looking at the big picture, he didn't understand a whole lot. But then when you remember when his brothers came back to him, he said, no, don't be upset that you mistreated me. God sent me here before you. This was why I was sent here. So I could preserve. That was his role in the major plan of reconciliation that God has, was to preserve the people of Abraham's seed, right? Jacob's, Isaac, and then Jacob's lineage so that they could come back and God could fulfill his promise, which ultimately plays a specific role in the big picture of God reconciling the things in heaven and the things on earth back to himself in purity. And he keeps talking about that without spot or blemish, without wrinkle, without um, impurities, because the heavenly community was contaminated with Satan, right? So why does that matter? Because God intends for us to be able to live together throughout eternity without having any further issues or concerns and mm-hmm. never again us being separated from him. Now, I want to add something to that because in the example given with Joseph, mm-hmm. right, it's easy to get this idea or perspective that, well, we've got to be granted or given this lofty position above everybody else and all this. No, 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 no. It's about the daily things, the daily interactions in our lives and what we do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded of Jesus um, in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, right? Which is where we see Jesus um, conduct his, his first miracle, if you will, right? The first recorded miracle mm-hmm. in Jesus' life. But I want to say that prior to that, there is a very interesting exchange between Jesus and his mother. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're at the the wedding in Cana. And Jesus' mother comes to him and says, hey, they ran out of wine. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have no wine. And Jesus' response was in verse, chapter 2, John chapter 2, verse 4, was this. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Mm -hmm. But the mother says to the servants in verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> now, you can look at that in a number of different ways. Okay, well, well he disrespected his mother, in which we know he did not. That it's was impossible. part of the, the culture, right? Jesus, exactly. Jesus said nothing about respect. 
he would have had sin if he had disrespected exactly. his mother. He would have violated the sin of honoring your fa- the the commandment of honoring your father and mother. And we know that would exactly. have disqualified him from being the the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> right. Yes. So we know he did not violate any any form or any capacity of the word of God. But I will I will say this: what he said in that moment, calling her woman, was part of the ministry of reconciliation, which you could argue is the miracle before his first recorded miracle. Hmm. Because if you go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, Adam is introduced to Eve, or what we know is Eve, right? But in verse 23, Adam, who is given the job of naming everything on the earth, mm-hmm. says this, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Right? And then, of course, it continues and goes into, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Right? Mm -hmm. But then if we fast forward, as we talked about sin, Mm -hmm. and the sin that separates us, it was when that happened, this in chapter 3, verse 20, that after... The Lord spoke to Adam and, and said, hey, you're more or less, I'm going to paraphrase it, your sin has separated you from me. You can no longer remain here in this place, right? Adam, verse 20 says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Now, as it pertains to Jesus and the Gospel of John, yes, Jesus' earthly mother's name was Mary. He called her woman. It is the exact opposite of what you just saw in Genesis. There is a restoration, a reconciliation of things back to the Father and how the Father intended it to be from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not about I've got to achieve this or be granted or put in place or position in this huge lofty, you know, prestigious post, if you will. It's about just listening to the Lord and doing the daily things. The seemingly, you know, non-important mm-hmm. exchanges. Just being obedient to what the Lord is saying to you or wants you to say or wants you to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, let's also remember, he's brought us, says in Second Corinthians 5.18, that all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. As um, you were just describing, we all have a role to come into and be a part of this plan of restoration. Yes, of the spiritual community, but also in the earth. Mm -hmm. The physical or natural things as well as the spiritual things. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, yes, we have to not be separated from the Lord because of sin, which means that because of our love and our trust in all, we are obedient to him. Right? Yes. But to come into that role and be a part of his plan, come into alignment with his plan and his purpose, because it will not fail. That's what he says in Habakkuk. Yeah? Write down the vision, make it plain, so that those can read it, that that read it, can run. 
They can accomplish it. They can go do. And we can't do it apart from him, but we can see or should be able to see the bigger picture Mm -hmm. of what the Lord's doing. And then, yes, knowing our role, our position in Christ, we move forward in what he's leading us to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 20. Oh, let's see. 23. Okay. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together unto now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. I'll go ahead and read verse 24. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with persever- uh, perseverance. So he's talking about, um, which you mentioned about the our role is also to reconcile the the things around us as well, like the, the things that are in nature, creation, the birds, the trees. They're waiting for us to take our place in Christ. And every time that we obey God, brings us closer to that. It's one step that we take closer to um, fulfilling the plan of God. Not that we fulfill it on our own, but we fulfill it in obedience, fulfilling what he wants to have done. Even the earth knows, like, okay, we got a place. We're going somewhere. There's a big picture. And Ephesians also describes that, saying in multiple places, right? Uh, Ephesians 1.10 is a plan for the fullness of time to bring all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ. That's the establishment, the building up of the heavenly community. But remember, Scripture also says it's on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Physical or spiritual as well as the physical or natural. Which only came, and Ephesians describes this as well. Uh, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Right? Mm -hmm. And... um, I'll say verses Ephesians two fourteen and 16 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has torn down the dividing wall of hostility. And verse 16 says, And reconciling both of them to God in one body through the cross, by which he extinguished their hostility. So because of Jesus' redemptive work, mm-hmm. redeeming us through the cross and the shedding of his blood, we can come into this. Mm-hmm. It's not about the sacrificing of bulls and goats and, and all the other things, right? Mm-hmm. It was about love for the Father, and because of that love, a desire to be pleasing or obedient mm-hmm. to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. Kylie, did you have anything else you wanted to share? Um, well, I, while I was sitting there listening to what you and Dad were saying, the Lord told me that 
Succeeding in doing what the Lord called or commanded you to do is what brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. And I personally can attest to that, and I know the Lord was talking to me in that. But, because I don't know if I'm the only person that feels like, okay, well, what does me doing this have to do with anybody else? Or how does me doing this job, how does that benefit anybody else? And I'm the type of person that likes to help other people, and it's easy for me to see other people's dreams and to want to help them pursue it and not make it a reality, but help them pursue it and make it come to fruition. But when it comes to my own dreams, it's harder for me to do. Okay. So I just have to remind myself that I didn't call myself to do what the Lord wanted me to. He asked me to do it. He told me this is what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And that, therefore, I can pursue it wholeheartedly. And it's not selfish of me. But it's also, it goes back to the scripture where he says, before you called me, I called you. Mm-hmm. And if he's giving me this task and this job, that it's going to benefit those around me, even if I can't see it. And it's something that I enjoy. And I'll find pleasure in, even if I don't like some parts of it. Mm-hmm. The end state mm-hmm. is something that will bring me joy. Absolutely. And the, the well done, thou good and faithful servant, if that's the only joy you ever get out of it, it's worth it. I'm telling yes. you, uh, I think I just I read well, it. And with the scripture you were talking about, you said before, it said you didn't call me, I called you. Yes. You can look at that a few different ways, right? The one way that we already covered, which was you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Mm-hmm. Or like you said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I called you, right? Yes. Either way. It, it fits. It's a matter of, are you going to come? Are you or anyone else? Not just you, mm-hmm. the royal you, all of us. Mm-hmm. Are we going to come into alignment with his plan? Will you say, here I am, Lord, or send me naked hiding in the bushes? Our song. <laughs> <laughs> Making fig leaves for yourself. Right? <laughs> there's there's two answers. You know, he called out to Abraham or, um, who was it? said, here I am, Lord, uh, Sam, Samuel. Samuel, um, God called him and he said, here I am, Lord. And there were other people that God called and they said, here I am, Lord. Isaiah, right? There were some. Who will I send? Send me. Mm -hmm. And there were some that he called out to and was looking for them and they were hiding. Or running away. Mm -hmm. They were pulling Adam or Jonah. Jonah, yep. The whale had to come get him. (laughs) He'd be thrown overboard. Well, the whale face. was waiting there. So. There was well, her big fish, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever it but was. the people there had to throw him out of the boat so he could be, I'll say, forced to make a choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to live and do the job, the, the, the work, the, the purpose, the plan, the thing that the Lord has called you to do? Or are you going to die? Absolutely. Yes. Um, moving down to verse 21. Uh, says, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Um, again, we see the the importance of that reconciliation. Come back to your place. We have a place in him, a place, a spot that's carved out just for you. You know, the Lamb's Book of Life, where where we want our names to be written. 
there's a slot waiting for you. I used to think it was kind of like a roll call, but knowing the, the, the mind of our God, his nature, he predestines us. So he's like, I got a spot for you. Right, Paul come, and come his other writings says the same thing. Hey, we're seated at, in the heavenly places with Christ. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, a spot with your name on it. Sit there. Take your place. Take your place. And, um, you know, when he talks about something or someone being having enmity, being in, enemies in their mind by wicked works, when, when God says to you, hey, I love you. I want you to do this, that, or the other, and I prepared this for you. And you go, no, I got a better plan. Or um, I don't trust you, God. He understands the difference. You know, when when God came to Mary, she just didn't understand. Like, how is this going to be? I, You know, like, I know there's basic things that have to take place first, and I just haven't done those natural things that would lead to this. How is that going to work out? And, you know, the angel that was sent to them responded to her like, oh, don't, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of you and explain the matter. Whereas John the Baptist, his dad, when he was in the doing his temple worth service, and he had been in there so long, he was like, well, how do I know? When the angel came and said, you're going to have a son, he said, well, how do I know these things are going to come to pass? Like, well, mm, give me some assurance. You know what I mean? <laughs> you Give me a guarantee. Prove yourself to me. And he said, oh, okay, I see how this is. You're, you're wrestling with some doubt. Let me help you just be quiet for a while so you don't abort what God is bringing to pass. You don't cast it forth before it's time. Let me just help you. You're going to be silent for a long time. And then when you can acknowledge that God is who he said he is, because his wife, her faith was working, clearly, because she could talk. (laughs) She got the baby. She was allowed to talk. Her faith was working, but he still required both of them. So, well, that in itself was uh, amazing and a miracle, right? Given the, the position, right? That he was alive. Yes. At the end of it, that he was alive. <laughs> there he is in the Holy of Holies, right? Uh-huh. Which you can enter on the one day of the year, mm-hmm. Yom Kippur, to make atonement for the sins of the people. Mm-hmm. And here he was doubting and disobe- being disobedient to what the Lord was telling him, mm-hmm. right? And if anyone understands what was required, right? There, there was a. Something tied around them. A long rope. A long, right? Because if the Lord did strike them down, or what they say the Lord struck them down, if which is Their sin really caused them to, to die instantly because in the presence of the Lord. Because there be no sin in the presence of the mm-hmm. Lord. There was only one way to get them out, which was to pull them out. Because they couldn't go in. Because they would have fell, fallen too. They would have died instantly too. Right. It was for one person, the high priest, to go in on one day of the year. So basically, it would be disobedience that would have caused them to, to which die is a breaking instantly. of faith. So, so you boil it the down. fact that he walked out of there alive shows the immense grace, mercy, and compassion that the Lord displayed on that on Zechariah, and mm-hmm. you know, still gave him life and allowed him the opportunity to all come into alignment to See proclaim the, the, the glory of the yeah. Lord, right, and and say, "Hey, no, this is what the Lord said." And and it's right, it's so. I can. I I'm going to come into me. alignment with this plan. Absolutely. So, but um, he does that with all of us, man. Every day, every day. Our, I'll say, job role. What the Lord's asking of us is to remain in His presence, blameless, mm-hmm. not to come in and out, but to remain. And what does that mean, blameless? Does it mean that you? are somehow perfect 
No, God knows that you're flesh and that your your life is but a vapor. Does he mean living in willful sin, which is iniquity? No, of course not. He's not entertaining that for one second. But when, when you miss it, he's always there. He's ready to forgive you. All you just got to look up and say, okay, God, I'm sorry. And then you determine not to make that same mistake again, not in your own flesh and ability, but in, in trusting in what God has done for you, that his blood is enough. His grace is sufficient to carry you through. And when, whenever we extend our confidence, when, whenever we truly put our faith in God, he does not disappoint us. We will not be made ashamed. Um, I know there's times in my life, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought I was in faith, but looking back after I've understood more, I'm like, oh, girl, that's just your idea. You wanted to do something and you just wanted God to come alongside you and make it happen. That's that's not what God is talking about. But um, sincere and genuine faith, God always responds to that. He's always there waiting to help us anyway. We, we know his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone that has faith towards him, whose heart is perfect towards him, but basically someone that believes him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. So he can show up and flex his muscles and go, "Ah, I love you. You know, (laughs) this is, this is what I do for the people that love me. I honor those who honor me, but the mind is a portion of your, what your soul, right? Yes. Yes. So the, the wickedness, is the the work of being out of fellowship with the Lord and all of that brings, whatever that brings, right? Depending on how far you've gone, how far you've gone and how far you've gotten, the, the works become darker. Like what he was talking about um, in Genesis 6, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, Departing from and separating from the Lord, right, just leads to further. The longer the longer you spend out there, and the um, the further you get from Him, the darker the works become, right? Yes. So, um, and the less and less you even consider for one second mm-hmm. the Lord, what He has done, and what He is doing in the earth and in your life, who He is, and wants to be in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. So even even the thoughts of I don't believe you, God. That's a that's a rough place to be. Turn that around and start believing Him. And I, I love the the revelation that you got from the Holy Spirit, Kyla. Mm-hmm. Will you read it to me again? Uh, succeeding in what the Lord called or commanded you to do is what brings glory to God. Amen. So now, what was it? Succeeding. Mm-hmm. Yes. It wasn't attempting. It wasn't trying. It wasn't one step forward and stop, but succeeding. Or just saying you're going to do it, but you never show up. Um, in fullness, in completion. Doing it in excellence. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Just, let's just state it out loud and plainly for everybody mm-hmm. to hear, right? Because it, it's what's required of all of us. And it's, it's amazing what happens when we get God's perspective, when we can step back for a moment and go, oh, <laughs> there's more to it than what I thought. So, And that's why it's so important, like you said, sweetheart, to take your seat. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. The earth looks a whole lot different 
when you're looking at it from God's view, a, a very high perspective where you can see the whole board, if you will, you can see the whole earth versus I'm in there right in the thick of things. And, and I've got blinders on both of my eyes and all I can see is this little bitty dot. And you think that this dot is all there is. But when you sit with he- and sit with Jesus Christ in heavenly places, you go, oh, <laughs> well, there's, there's a that. whole lot more going on. There's, there's the other aspect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which is, if you buy a house, a car, whatever it is, pick something. If you buy it, it's yours, right? You have well, the title, you have well, the... It depends deed. on how you purchased it. Yes, I understand but, that. All right, but okay. in the grand scheme of things, uh-huh. if, so, if this is yours, mm-hmm. it's yours. No one's going to invite me to my house every day or invite me to drive my vehicle, right? <laughs> to sit in the driver's seat and actually take it down the road, right? And... And put gas. No, no one's going to invite me to do those. Things. That's just part of the, I'll say, the privilege and you know, opportunity of ownership, right? You, it's just yours. You just go get in it and you go. Well, what Paul is also saying, if you will, you can look at it this way: is it's yours. You have a seat. Mm-hmm. Sit in it. Amen. No one's going to invite you to it. You've already been invited. It's your seat. Mm-hmm. Sit in the heavenly places with Christ. Absolutely. And we we spoke yesterday about getting in the word. This is your grand tour of what you have in Christ Jesus. That's why it's so important for you to find out what God says about you. Hear from the Holy Spirit what he's saying, but also find out from his word everything that's available to you. This is your instruction manual. You got the greatest car there, there ever was, the greatest mansion or, you know, the most wonderful thing that you could ever imagine magnified to a zillion I don't even know if that's a number, but there, there's no limit on it. It's God. It's heaven. Find out what he said about you. Meditate in it. Decide and determine to walk alongside God. And then stand. Remain. Continue to walk in that which he already gave you. This is your, this is your, your uh, welcome, <laughs> your orientation. This is it. All right, but when doesn't Jesus say that? The Father has given me all things. And all things that I have are yours. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know where that scripture is exactly, but that's the one that comes to mind. Um, or some to the effect of all things the Father has given me are yours. Uh, John sixteen fifteen. There Let's you see, go. That's right. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's part of it, yes. Okay. I want to see there's another one. Yeah, we can go with that one. John 16, 15, that, that works. If there is another one, we'll address it at a, a later Bible study. Well, let's let's look at First Corinthians chapter three, verse nineteen, to the end of the chapter as well. First Corinthians three, nineteen. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. 
Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is God's. So there's that that trail that you were talking about. You're welcome. It was in there somewhere. I just couldn't. Recall where it was located. Well, no, so thank the, you. you're welcome. The thing about God is he's saying the same thing to us over and over and over again. I, I used to read um, like Deuteronomy and, and the law being giving out, given out, and the Lord would say things 10 different ways. And I was like, okay, Lord, so you're saying don't do this particular item. <laughs> and, you know, he said it front ways, and then he said it back ways, and then he said skip it over sideways, and then put this. Every way that a human mind could approach it, he articulated himself to make it clear, there's no Absolutely. mistaking, you will not take 10 steps on this day because I said <laughs> no. <laughs> and, um, but when you go, when you look at the expanse of the written word of God, his word, and, and the messages that he's still sending, he's still saying the same thing. Every way that you could think about saying it and articulating it, he's saying it to you. I want you. I love you. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people because our heavenly community, that's what I'm working on. I'm restoring that place. I'm bringing you home. Choose life that you and your seed may live, not only in this time right here for the moment, but the eternal living, which is actual life, right? Remain with him, be in covenant with him, be restored to your place. Come home, children. I love you. Everything he's saying is talking about this goal right here. So as you, when you focus in and you function in, in line with that, God, you're reconciling me. Not only me, but the whole creation. You're putting everything in its rightful place. You're separating the sin and doing away with it. You're reconciling your people and you're bringing us home, giving us a place that we never have to be apart from you again, God. I can play in your hair day, all day long, Jesus, as long as you <laughs> let me. I can I can sit at your feet. I can tussle with the, the hem of the skirt on your, your robe. I can, whatever that is, I'm, I'm coming and I have a place with you, Lord. And you're not going to leave me an orphan. I mean, all of those things is however you can imagine it needs to be said that so that you understand it. He said it to you. He's declared it to you. He has conveyed it. Accept it. Receive him. Walk in it. Understand it and go, oh, okay, I see you, Lord. I acknowledge you. Direct my paths in line with that. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, verse 23 says, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, Amen. and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. We we talked in the in the early part uh, two days <laughs> intro, ago, yes. right? About standing, which first means that you have to come into salvation. Mm-hmm. You have to hear what God says to you, what what He's saying about you. You have to agree with it and accept it, and then you have to commit to it. There's it's, no. It's by His will, right? That's if we go back to verse one, chapter mm-hmm. one, verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. by the will of God. That's right. He had done all those things that you were just describing and chose to remain in it. But he had to go through those steps Absolutely. first. He had to commit. Submitting to God. And he couldn't make his commitment until he accepted and agreed, which is submission, accepting and agreeing with God. And he couldn't accept and agree with God until he heard what God had to say. 
And he couldn't fully hear what God had to say until he accepted salvation. Until he was willing to and, come into alignment. And he came in through the blood of, through the one door, who is Jesus Christ, through his blood, right? And faith in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. He had to come through that door. He couldn't get to step D until he went through step A, right? Yes. But he would not get to step F or Z unless he gone through A, B, C, D, E, F until he got down the line. Who doesn't skip steps? He does He's not. very thorough. Nope. He leaves yeah. no holes or gaps in his plan. So if you want to stand, make sure you've done the, the steps necessary that are required to make sure that you have ground to stand on, right? God's word is all the ground to stand that we need. And then we put the armor on so we're able to fight off the attacks that are coming. But we, we saw the building on the sea and we saw on the sand and we saw the mm. building on the rock. Jesus is the rock, right? We read that yesterday in Isaiah, right? He says, Amen. I know of no other rock. There's no other. There's no other rock. I know not of one. Just Jesus, mm-hmm. the foundation, who we, as wise master builders, are to build on. Absolutely. So you can stand in hope when you've done what's necessary. So if you find that you're lacking um, stability in things or, or a certain kind of success that you're looking for, go back and evaluate. Have you done step A, step B? Have you done those Have you things? done everything that he has instructed of you or told you or spoken to you? In fullness, in completion. Up to this point. And if not, and if you can't remember, repent and ask him to remind you. Mm-hmm. And then go do it. Do it. In its fullness, in entirety, mm-hmm. and in excellence. Because you love him. Absolutely. And I'll say, fear not, because the Lord is with you. Amen. All right, well, let's pause there for today. Anyone want to close this out in prayer? Any volunteers? I will. Mm-hmm. All right, Layla, please. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord, and for your goodness, Lord, and for revealing the mysteries of your word so that we can walk with you, Lord, and achieve your plan of us being reconciled to you and the heavenly community being as it was before sin, Lord, and just the joy that you give us as we walk before you and continue in your mercy and your grace and your word, Lord. And I ask that you continue to instruct us and to teach us, Lord, and to help us along the way until we get there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We just wanted to let you guys know, um, thank you for joining us today, and thank you for being with us every day that you're here. Um, Mm -hmm. We're on a variety of listening platforms now, Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. So you can say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Echo, play a day of prayer prayer podcast or something to that effect. And absolutely, it'll play us. Absolutely. And you can still find us on our website, adayofprayer.org. And follow us and like us on any or all of those platforms. And we greatly appreciate it. We love you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for for being here with us, being, say, a part of the family. Absolutely. Sitting at our table with us and, and just in communion with the Lord and fellowship with each and every one of you. Love you. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. God bless you all.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.